All right, all right, all right. Carnivore Soldier coming at you from Austin, Texas. This morning's the first video in a series called Mission Carnivore, where we focus on veterans and first responders and how the carnivore diet has affected them. My first guest here is George Goodenough, all the way from across the pond over in the UK, a former soldier, and we're here to hear his story and how carnivores affected his life. So I'm going to bring him in here. Hi. Morning, George. How you doing, Hi, man? Harry. How's it going? Oh, I'm doing very well. Yourself? Oh, fantastic. It's early morning here, zero dark 30, but I'm used to that, <laughs> and I know you are too. Why don't you just yeah, do a it. real quick introduction of yourself? Tell me about yourself. Okay, so my name is George Goodenough. I'm a former soldier. I served just over eight years in the Army. I'm a veteran of Desert Storm. The cap, the barrier that I'm wearing is the Intelligence Corps from the British Army, which is what I was in. I was a Middle East specialist, so I speak Arabic and also French. The reason that they sent me to be an Arabic linguist was because I had a high qualification from, from school and college in, in French, and they needed a linguist at the time. And it's basically because of that that I ended up in Desert Storm as an Arabic linguist over there with the 7th Armored Brigade, the Desert Rats. And then when I left the Army, I spent about 10 years as a private military contractor in high-end diplomatic security, not for the British government, but mainly for the Arab governments, the Saudis and people like that. And then I did six months in Beirut with the European Commission. So that was quite a, a, a good time, if you like. But then after I got married, I've been married 20 years now. So that wasn't the life for a married man. So I settled down <laughs> settled down in, the, in, in England, a little bit of low-end security for a while, and then discovered the construction industry. I now work as a traffic management specialist in the construction industry. So that's, and I'm, I'm 58 years old, just turned 58. So we're about the same age as well, Larry. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So we have a yeah. We, as you know, we we, we spoken before. We share a, a few interests. Uh, I'm a for, yep. former rug, rugby player, and right. also a John Wayne, a John Wayne fan. So hello to Duke. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, Duke's right here next to me. I fed him early so he wouldn't be bothering me during this uh, conversation because he usually yeah. eats at about zero five hundred, and I got him up zero four hundred and fed him at four thirty, so he would not be on my shoulder because he yeah, would be true. otherwise. There's, so, a slight danger, uh, there's a slight danger we might get interrupted by Angus if he turns up. I have a I have a cat called Angus. He's uh, all right. So, yeah, so if he turns up, I'll apologise. But I'll introduce him as a fellow carnival. Uh, Angus sounds like a maybe a Scottish name though, huh? Yeah, there was there was a film many years ago. I think it was called Angus Angus something, and it was a, it basically it's a film which which my my what my wife liked, and uh, yeah, he was a Scottish wildcat. So she named mm. Angus after after the Scottish Wildcat. There you go. Cool. I've been to Scotland and England. Now, where in England are you? Right. I'm down in the southwest. I'm in the town of Bridgewater in the county of Somerset. And from what okay. I understand, you have a you have Bridgewater Township in Somerset County in New Jersey, I think, or something like that. From what I, I was possibly. Told. It's a big yeah. country. I don't know. I mean, Jersey is one of the places I've not really been very often. Yeah, but, I was. I was. I was in the Big it. Apple. I was in the Big Apple many years ago, and I bumped into a, a guy in a bar, unusually, and he told me that he came from, he, he was from New Jersey, and he lived in Bridgewater Township in, in Somerset County. So, yeah, That's I can awesome. guarantee there, there is a place, yeah. So, to, just to put you in the picture, we're, I'm on the M5 motorway, and I'm halfway in between the city of Bristol and the city of Exeter down here in uh, England, both of which are big rugby towns, as you may, may or may not oh, know. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, they're both big on, big on rugby. That's awesome. Uh, I, my first introduction to rugby was when I was in high school. We hosted a guy named Mitch from England. He came over as a student in high school, and he was from Sheffield, if you know where that is. And that, he was yeah, a big so rugby no, player, so he, he introduced me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Northeast of England, yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's get into your carnivore stuff. I'd like to know, what were your reasons behind trying carnivore? Okay, so my why is basically what we're talking about here. I had to go back to really the Gulf War, and you're probably aware that there's something out there, mystery illness called Gulf War Syndrome. So okay. I got to about 40, 40 when I retired from the diplomatic type of security. And really, I, I guess I took my foot off the gas in many ways, as we, as we all do. And my weight just shot up, and I started feeling really ill, and I had all the symptoms of, of Gulf War Syndrome. Now, at the time, I'd never heard either the term insulin resistance or of metabolic syndrome. So I was barking up the wrong tree for many years. And basically, the national, and the, the British government doesn't like to talk about Gulf War syndrome on account of the fact that they're not prepared to pay out anything. So they, I basically got 
fobbed off onto an organization called Combat Stress, although I didn't bother with them because I, was, I think I told you I'm a member of the Na National um, Golf Veterans and Families Association here in the UK. They were very helpful. Um, and things got so bad in the end that I reached 291 pounds. I could barely walk, couldn't do my shoelaces up. I had to sit down to get dressed, basically. I was, I was seriously ill. I was, you know, a heart attack waiting to happen. So, again, the National Health Service, they tried to put me off all the time. They, I could see in their eyes when I spoke to them that they had nothing but contempt for me because they, they were blaming me, basically. Right. And then the National Golf Veterans and Families Association got involved. They, they wrote a strongly worded letter to the NHS, and eventually I got some <laughs> sense out of them. But it wasn't until I had my bloods done that I discovered that I was type 2 diabetic. I was morbidly obese. My triglycerides were 4.7, which is high in the high range. And my hypertension was up. And obviously, I had low HDL and, and everything. That was, so that was, I'm a, I'm a year ahead of you, Larry. That was on the, the very beginning of March of 2022. Okay, so now, again, I, nobody, nobody, nobody called it metabolic syndrome. No, and, and none of the, the, the medical people referred to insulin resistance at all. But the... The one clue that I did get was from an excellent nurse called, called Kathy Moran. She told me that savoury carb carbohydrates, starch in other words, turn to glucose in the blood just as much as the sweets, sucrose and fructose does. That gave me a start point. So now my wife and in January 2022, when I, I sent you the full picture, and also yeah. in December of 21 on Christmas Day, I lost two very good friends both of whom have put on a lot of weight in recent years, and mm. both of whom dropped dead of a heart attack. One was 69, Colin, he's an ex-Royal Marine, and he was raced wow. up to that time. And the other one was Tommy, who was drinking an awful lot of those energy drinks, the Monster Energy, Red Bull, and, and that sort of thing. And again, Been he there. put on a lot of weight. Yeah, he yeah. put on a lot of weight. And literally, they both dropped dead. So I knew that I was heading that way, that I was really a heart attack waiting to happen. So, yeah, the, so when Kathy told me about the carbohydrates, I went away. I was it. The doctor issued me with metformin and statin prescriptions. I put those on the kitchen table and I did some research. Now I was lucky enough to have a good start point because in about the year 2010 there was a show on a TV chef show on in England called the, the Hairy Bikers. They're called uh, si, 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 Simon King and Dave Myers. One's from Newcastle, one's from Birmingham, and they're a, they're, they're a, a great pair of lads. And they did a kind of special on type two diabetes how to cook, how to take care of type 2 diabetes. Now, their special guest on that show was a guy called Professor Roy Taylor from Newcastle University. And he absolutely was the pioneer in reversing type 2 diabetes. Now, his method was low calorie, 800 calories a day for four weeks, and you will reverse type 2 diabetes. Wow. So, yeah, so that was a start point. So I, I Googled Professor Roy Taylor. And that kind of, you know, you get, the algorithm takes you to other places, as you know. And then the low-carb solution came up. This was, again, in March. In March, So mm -hmm. I started going low-carb. And I discovered I didn't know anything about YouTube this time. I, I wouldn't find YouTube until the August. Yeah. So I, but I did find a, quite a useful American Google site called Healthline. Have you ever come across it? I have not. I'll check it out. Healthline. Huh? Right. Okay. Healthline. I find it quite useful. And then when I went back to work and explained to my workmate, Max, his name is Max Brownfit. He's got no medical background, but he told me about ketosis and he oh. recommended, he recommended fewer than 50 grams of carb, carbohydrate a day to put myself in, in ketosis. So I basically, I had, a, I had a start point. Okay. So, you know, so why, so actually the, the first question I've got to answer is my why is because I lost Two good friends, and I've lost several people since to diabetes and heart attacks, all of whom I suspect was were it was down to down to insulin resistance. All in their fifties and sixties, none in their seventies, which is wow. quite frightening. That's really and yeah. Yeah. My why is basically because I realised I was a heart attack waiting to happen. I have a wife, two lovely stepchildren, three lovely grandchildren, two cats who are very important to me. The other one's called Hamish, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and he'd be, he, he's a bit camera shy. We probably won't see him. So, yeah, that's my why. It's basically I needed to sort myself out mentally and physically so that I could live my life again, enjoy my life again, and look after my wife and our, our family and pets. So that's, that's my why. That's my reasons.
Yeah, so I've noticed, I mean, being a vet, we have the VA here, which is actually pretty good. It's, I mean, compared to a lot of other countries like yours, where you don't really have specified care for veterans. But you still have to be your own advocate, right? Because they are government guidelines only. They look at blood work and they prescribe pills. And that's kind of what they do. And they don't really have like leeway to say, well, you should try diet or you should try this or look into this, you know. In fact, they kind of discourage it. And when you come in with that kind of information, if they prescribe or recommend you take a drug and you don't take it, you have to sign a release <laughs> saying, I'm yeah, not going to take that, yeah. you know? Yeah, I should, because... I, should add the fact, I should add the fact that I actually threw away the two prescriptions for metformin statins. I never Fantastic. Actually... <laughs> Congrats, man. So yeah, you do have to be your own advocate. And that's, that, that's not just military. That's, I think it's everybody, civilian, first responders, whatever, that you, you have to be your own advocate, especially because all governments are pointing the wrong direction right now nutritionally so you just have to know and learn and you have to become a student and people like during the last pandemic people were talking about you know making fun of people who do their own research and back when you and i grew up we called that reading because we had to Absolutely. learn things and that's the only way you could learn was to read i mean like i said i'm a signal i was a retired signal officer and i'm still an, a wireless network architect and that none of that technology existed when i went to college Absolutely. I had to learn. I had to teach myself. So I did my own research. I went to, we had a bookstore called Barnes and Noble out here. I don't know if you have it in the UK, but that's where I did my reading. I would go to Barnes and Noble. And at first I couldn't afford books. So I just read them while I was at the bookstore. And then I build my library up, which you see some behind me there. A lot of those are military and signal books, but I had to do my own research. And that's where we're at now. You have to, you have to read, yeah. become a student and educate yourself. All right. So that's great that you did that. That's the example. That's how we all are going to get there. All right. So can you tell me about your initial experience when you first started it? What was it like? Well, I didn't have the advantage of, of YouTube at the time. So I was re I really was feeling my way blind. It was just Max in introduced me to ketosis was the start point. I'd, I'd heard of the Atkins diet. I was aware of the Atkins diet. Right. So I knew it was I knew it was low carb. So really, I would say for the certainly for the first few months, from probably until December of 22, I was focusing on ketosis. So I was eating, still eating low-carb veg, avocados, and all those mm. sorts of things, and fruit. But I gradually, as I learned and got more savvy, I just started eliminating stuff from, from the diet, really. And I think I might have mentioned it to you in the past that on Christmas Day last year, we always have Christmas. Christmas lunch in the UK is turkey with uh -huh. two, with, with usually carrots and, and cabbage, or sprouts, sorry, sprouts, always Brussels sprouts and roast potatoes. <laughs> now we had the family around last year. So I tried, I, I thought, well, I'll just, you know, for, for the day, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll eat some of the veg. But I, I, I had half a roast potato. I found it, I didn't really want it to be perfectly honest with you. And I realized that I was trying to do it to keep other people happy. So if I could, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So if I could go to the point where I went keto focused to carnival focus, I would say it was Christmas day last year. To be perfectly honest with you. Uh, but one thing I've got to say, Larry is I am nowhere near the perfect carnival. I am definitely imperfect. Right. I am, you know, I am a, I'm carnival based, but we'll go through some of what I eat later and probably that will make your, your future guest, the, the lovely Dr. Anthony Chafee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, 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 I'm not, a, I'm not as purist. I'm not a purist like him or even I'm not on the lion diet as, as you are. Plants are trying to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, but I, I eat very, very few plants nowadays to be perfectly mm -hmm. honest with you. But a lot of the, the meat products I eat do have trace carbohydrates mm. as well. And the other thing is I still drink coffee. And I still use a coffee creamer, which is yeah. called Coffee Mate. Ooh, yeah, yeah, I see. And with each cup of coffee, that introduces 0.7 grams of sugar into my, into my bloodstream. But it's yeah. something I can take on the chimps. It just makes it more palatable. And at the end of the day, we know that um, one teaspoon for the sugar is four grams. So even if I have four cups of Coffee Mate, coffee mate creamer in my <laughs> coffee a day, then I'm getting less than one teaspoonful of sugar into my bloodstream. So, right. yeah, I say, so for our, our perfectionist brothers and sisters out there, please forgive me. Please <laughs> please don't give me a hard time in the, in the comment section because why? It works for me. We all, have, works. Yeah, yeah. we all have a different journey, right? I mean, for me, I'm one of those guys that can't do any, any sugars because I will binge. I will, it'll trigger me. It's like an alcoholic, right? You have guys that can moderate, that can have... A drink every now and then i can have a drink every now and then i'm not an alcoholic my dad was an alcoholic he could not yeah, have a drink good. today because if he did it would be a bad week or month or whatever who knows or bad rest of his life so yeah absolutely yeah uh, everyone just, has yeah, a different journey 
Yeah, but again, this, we'll touch on the alcohol now because, again, that, that sets me apart from many of our uh, brothers and sisters in the carnival because I'm a very sociable person. Most most British soldiers are, and mm-hmm. drink alcohol is very much part of our culture, to say the to say the, the very least. So in order for me to, me to carry on my social life as, as normal, I'm still carrying on drinking, but I'm very mindful of what I'm drinking. Now, mm-hmm. we'll do, I'm, I'm going to do a quick show and tell here. So I think my wife still drinks Coca-Cola. Okay. So basically, I'm sure you'll recognize that. That is one liter oh, yeah. of, Coca- of Coca-Cola. Now, I've got some notes over here, which I've made earlier. Prior planning and preparation prevents pathetic performance. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, so Coca-Cola. In, um, in, a, in a liter of Coke, there is 108 grams of sugar. So if I were to wow. drink that, I would be consuming 108 grams of sugar. So uh, I know, don't have JD and Coke anymore, no whiskey and Coke or anything like that. So right. the Coke is completely, completely off, um, off limits now for me, mainly because of the high, fr- high fructose corn syrup. However, I still drink. Now, I'm going to show you a British lager we have here. It's called Carling. Okay. Now, that's a 440 milliliter can. And I did, I did the mass. And in a, a liter of Carling, if I drink a liter of Carling, I'll be consuming 26 grams of carbs but zero sugars. So the carbs will turn to glucose, but there's not the, the devil incarnate, which is fructose in there. And that's Moving a leader. That's, yeah, free, absolutely, that's drinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then if I'm eating, sometimes I will drink the wine known as Sauvignon Blanc. Oh yeah, it's I a, drink a, some wine. Yeah, it's a very dry <laughs> white wine. The drier, as you know, the better the drier it is, the, the yes. fewer sugars there are. And in a liter of Sauvignon Blanc, you will find 23 grams of carbohydrate and about six grams of sugar. So it's it's not, you know, the, the Carling is my go-to pub drink, if you like. The Sauvignon Blanc is for special occasions and when I sit down for, for, for dinner with my wife. So again, now, obviously, ethanol is a problem. There's no question about that. But my liver's fine. So my theory, I think I told you, is that basically ethanol is a problem when it's competing with fructose in the liver. If you eliminate the fructose, then the liver seems to have no problems with it, ethanol. It just processes it and gets rid of it. But if you overload with fructose as well, through fruits, through any of the any of the sucrose-containing foods, and you know, the, especially the Coca-Colas, then the liver gets confused. It, it gets overwhelmed. Basically, it's like a yeah. it's, it's like if if you've got a defensive circle uh, out in the field, and you get <laughs> overpowered by the enemy, there are just too many of them. Then you yep. get overrun. But if if, you, if the enemy come come in, you know a, a few at a time. Hell, hell, you can deal with it. It's like that's pretty much John Wayne. What, much what the, yeah. John Wayne circling the wagons and the Indians coming in, right? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So as long as you know, as long as there aren't, aren't too many of them, in in this case, ethanol and fructose, then the liver can right. circle the wagons and successfully fight it off. But to me, my social life is very important because I, I like to enjoy life. You me know, too. I, I sent a photo. I was in the pub with my with my veteran buddy yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So, but as I said, if if I found that it wasn't working, I, then I would take measures. But at the right. moment, I am I am I'm flying. I really am health wise. So yeah, yeah. So that's so we we touched on the the coffee and the alcohol, and just one other little naughty which I have. <laughs> as you know, I'm a, a limey. So this uh, is the, the the lime juice cool deal, and I have very no very I just flavour water with it. It's not really and there's just a tiny amount of sugar in there. But it doesn't trigger it, any cra- any cravings for me. So I, I started my career in the Navy. I don't know if I told you this. I was on you fast didn't. attack submarines from 84 to 90. And I actually served with some Brits. We we hosted a submarine that came in uh, in the 80s. And we had a great time because those guys have alcohol on their submarine. And we didn't. But we had some good times. But I think the term limey actually came from the Royal Navy, correct? When uh, they would eat limes to prevent scurvy? That is correct. And there's another interesting, so yeah. I've done a bit of re- research here, but um, apparently we have what's called forgotten knowledge. Apparently prior to the limes, the fresh meat was re- regarded as a cure for scurvy. Really? That, that makes sense because I don't look, have scurvy. You don't look, look like at, you have scurvy. No, absolutely not. Look, look it up on the internet. <coughs> Google fresh meat, fresh meat and scurvy, and you will find that actually before the lime, the, the problem that... The problem that these sailors had is they were eating basically jerky or, you know, they were eating preserved Salted. meats and they're eating, yeah, yeah they're, they're eating hard sack. So any vitamin C that was in that was processed out of it. But fresh, before the lime juice was discovered, fresh meat was, was known to be a, a cure for, for scurvy. So, Interesting. you know, this is the, the, the vitamin C question mark is, the, is the, the elephant in the room when it comes to carnival. But I'm happy right. with it. 
Yeah, you're yeah. happy with it. Anthony Shaky, well, Kelly, Kelly Hogan's been, <clears throat> been carnivore forever, and she's yeah, she doesn't exactly look ill, does she? And burger burger patty carnivore, like the worst you could think, the dirtiest carnivore, like McDonald's yeah. burger patties, is her go-to. So, and I do that exactly. sometimes. So yeah. you do have to. As part of being your own advocate too, I think, is learning your body and doing introspection, and and because everyone's body's different, so not just learning carnivore, but learning you and how your hunger signals work and what things are triggers and what aren't, and that's part of honing your skill and craft as a carnivore, just like you do in your career. You have to become Absolutely. better at it. So I got a next question. How has it affected your physical health? Oh, crikey. Unbelievably, it really is. Okay, so again, I'm going to go to my notes. I got my diagnosis in the early part of March 2022. Kath Moran told me about <laughs> carbohydrates then, as in starches. So the first thing I did, went away and cut out all the C's and the P's, I think I might call it. We'll go for cakes, chocolate, confectionery, in other words, candy, to use the American term. Chips, chips, as in... <coughs> Crisps. What, what, yeah, yeah, exactly, Chris. Yeah, okay, yeah, so chips. But also <laughs> chips, as in fried potato, what you fries, call French fries. Right. So, uh, right. for the benefit of our American viewers, potato chips in the States are crisps here in, in the UK, and French right. fries are chips here in the UK. So they all went, and then we move on to the peas. So pastry, pasta, pizza, potato... There's four of the peas, and we can add on rice and noodles at that. So that's the first thing I did. Now, I wasn't, you know, I was, I was feeling my way blindly, so that was the very beginning of March. And then in March 21st, I think it's about, which is 2022, which is, I think, exactly a year ahead of you. I think you were March 22nd, if I'm right. Yeah, March 22nd. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm exactly a year ahead of you, because that's why I started taking it seriously. So I bought a set of scales. So just, yeah, in, in when, when I got measured, uh, when I got weighed uh, at the beginning of March 2022, I weighed in 133 kilos, which was, take off a kilo for clothes, 132 kilos, which I've got the transverse, yeah, 291 pounds. So I was 291 pounds. Oh, wow. Now, when I bought a set of scales on March 21st, so three weeks later, having cut out all the above mentions to, to begin with, I was 278 pounds. So without even trying, other than cutting out the bread, the, the pasta, the pizza, blah, 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 blah I'd lost 13 yeah. pounds without, without really taking it seriously. But I do remember that I was watching a sports event in, in the pub and on about March the 11th, I think it was. And when the guys wanted to get a packet of crisps, instead I had a packet of pork scratchings, pork, I think pork rinds, you call them. Uh, pork uh, rinds, yeah. And I had a, and I had a, a jar of cockles, pickled cockles, so seafood and pork rinds. So... Just to, again, there'll be a few show and sells during this. So here we have the Mr. Porky pork scratchings. Nice. They are the standard, standard pub type. They are 16, 16 grams of pork rinds, pork scratchings, for 0.1 of a gram of carbohydrate versus a packet of potato crisp chips, which is about, I think, 23 grams or thereabouts. So that was a replacement therapy, which I did, and, and it works. And I still do eat the, the Mr. Porky pork scratchings as as a as a treat if you like or as a, a snack so but then by july i was feeling so much better uh, that i i thought well i'm going to go for it i'm going to ask for another set of bloods which i did and that was august the fourth when i weighed 238 pounds by this time so so from basically march the 5th until august the fourth so i think we i think we're talking probably five months i've gone from 291 to 238 pounds so i went in fairly confident had all my bloods done had a, a routine appointment booked, phone call on August the 22nd mm -hmm. with my diabetes nurse, a guy called Richard. But on August the 9th, I got an, an urgent phone call from my surgery, from Sandra, the head diabetes nurse. <laughs> and I was worried. I thought, I've really made a mistake here. And this <laughs> she's going to tear me a new one. And I thought, I said, oh, no, shall I be worried? No, she said, no, 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 no. She said quite the opposite. She said, what have you done? <laughs> So I said, well, what do you mean? She said, you haven't got diabetes anymore. She said, wow. you've, you've lost, you know, however many pounds that is. And not only that, she said, but your triglycerides have gone from 4.7 to 1.2. And your HDL has gone through the roof. She said, oh, your LDL has gone up as well. She said, but don't worry about that because we're, we're forward thinking and we only worry about the HDL to triglycerides rate, uh, ratio. So it's nice to have a forward thinking diabetes team. So she just, she said, how did you do it? I said, well, I've just got low carb. I just virtually eliminated carbohydrates from like that. But remember this time, I never even heard of carnival. I was still yeah. very much focusing on ketosis. But I still, you know, make, I was still making mistakes like I was eating citrus fruits, that sort of thing, fruit, sweet, sweet citrus fruits. 
but I'd already achieved the, the like the main goal of getting rid of diabetes, losing a lot of weight, and especially getting rid of the, the dangerous triglyceride levels. So by that point, I was no longer a heart attack waiting to happen. And then in that same month, it would have been between August the 4th and August the 22nd when my regular diabetes nurse phoned me up for the appointment. He said, he said, I'm not supposed to be doing this. He said, because Sandra, <laughs> he said, I just want to know. I want to know what you did. So right. I had a chat with him. But I remember by this time, so I remember telling him, I discovered YouTube. Now, the first thing that I discovered on YouTube was the angelic and late and much lamented Dr. Sarah Hallberg. Mm. Do, you, do you know of Dr. Sarah? I don't Sarah? know. I'll take a look. Oh, crikey, man. You've got to. You have to. Go on, go on YouTube and put Dr. Sarah Hallberg reversing type 2 diabetes starts with ignoring the guidelines. It's a TEDx talk. So basically, Sarah, who unfortunately died of metastatic cancer, uh, I think in mm -hmm. 2022, last year in April, that was obviously not no, no way to, can she blame her her, her diet. Though. She just she was just unlucky. But this yeah. TEDx talk was in 2015, and it's 18 minutes and six seconds, which basically turned my life around. And it's well, okay. anybody out there, anybody who hasn't seen it, get on there and watch it. Reversing the, the guidelines, uh, reversing type two diabetes starts ignoring the guidelines. So she's basically a rebel. And that talk inspired me. And she made me realize that reversing type 2 diabetes was quite common. But by that time, I'd, I'd already done it myself. I'd already achieved it myself. I've and, got friends uh, that have type 2 diabetes. I can't wait till they see this video because I tell them about this. And you're yeah, the first person she, I've talked to that I know that yeah. actually reversed it. That's great. Yeah. She's a very, very powerful speaker. She's got to miss. We miss her so much in the local community. And believe me, when you see her, you'll, you'll understand why. So make sure we watch that today and make sure, make sure we share it amongst, um, amongst your type 2 diabetes friends as well. I'll find yeah, it so, put a link yeah. in the description for this video. Absolutely. Exactly. So then um, basically, so we've worked, the, the key people were really the hairy bikers we talked about, Professor Roy Taylor, who was low, low calorie, my workmate, Max Branford, nurse, Kath Moran, then Healthline. And then in August 22, I discovered Dr. Sarah Hallberg. And at the same time, I just discovered Dr. Jason Fun. And it's through him that I understood insulin resistance. He explains insulin resistance very, very well. And then from the UK, a guy that you're familiar with, Dr. David Unwin. Yeah. He's, he's, he's nowhere near carnival, but he's, he's very much a low-carb advocate. And then the absolutely adorable Zoe Harkham, PhD from hmm. Cardiff University. She's so funny. If you haven't watched any of the stuff I've asked you to watch, yeah. please do, because she is, she is hilarious. She really. My two favorites of hers are, should we be vegan? And as she comes on, the short answer is the requirement for carbohydrates is zero in the diet. Therefore, no, we shouldn't be vegan. Um, right. But she but she goes on to speak for 45 minutes and she make, and she tears apart the, the vegan case about the planet, about being kind to animals and about health. Well worth watching. And the other one is what about fiber? And again, she, she induces it saying, right, fiber is all carbohydrate. Carbohydrate requirements in the human diet, zero. Therefore, no, we don't need fiber. But she goes on to explain how, far, how dangerous fiber is. And yeah. actually, now we're touching on the subject of fiber. I can say that when I finally got around to eliminating all the cruciferous, the green, low-carb vegetables from my diet, guess what happened? My IBS went away. No more there bloating, no more constipation, no more flatulence, no more straining on the toilet. No more, no more straining on the toilet. And, it's amazing. Uh, You're not and, fermenting and stuff in your exactly, gut. Exactly. Yeah, no more <laughs> fermentation. And so basically, you know, I can tell you now that I've uh, actually just this week, I decided to actually sort of start recording my, my bowel movements. And okay. Monday morning, there was one and there wasn't another one until Saturday morning. So five yep. days. And, and again, I it's do not that constipation. Absolutely. It's not constipation because when the time yeah. comes, you say, oh, I need to go to, the, to go and use the bathroom. And you go and, and it it's all over and it's all over in about five minutes as opposed to straight sitting there straining for 20 minutes when you've been eating yeah. all that so-called healthy fiber. So, yeah, so that's my take on fiber. I'm, that was Eliminating fiber is, was one of the big things. Um, Once you understand okay. that fiber is just stuff you can't digest, then why would you eat it? And it's like Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Anthony Chafee says, why not just eat plastic bags? Because it does the yeah. same thing. You can't digest it. It fills you up. And yeah. 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 <laughs> I, say, I, I, feel, I, I feel very <laughs> resentful about fiber because, unfortunately, all that straining on the toilet over the years is that I've got a hernia now. So oh, um, wow. that, But, you know, I, I can manage it. But I just think that if I discovered carnival when i was 16 yeah. instead of 56 that turning it probably never would have come it doesn't really interfere in my life too much i'm just aware of it you know i can't do yeah. any heavy lifting or anything but i don't my seem son, to be, i, I, I don't my, do much exercise but i'm doing well 
Oh, I don't either. My son is 14 and he's gone carnivore. And this summer he went because he wanted to heal an injury. He saw me healing up and he wanted to heal his foot. Well, he just knocked, he shaved two minutes off his personal record in his first two races and beat guys he's never beat. And he's 10 yeah, pounds absolutely. lighter and just looks, I mean, looks great. And I'm like, well, there you go. So he's totally yeah. 100% sold now. He's like, all right. I can't imagine being 14 and finding this because he's oh, got no, his no, whole life. Course. I would have been a beast. I was good in college. Me too. Me too. I would have been a beast on the rugby pitch, yeah. right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, okay. I, I feel I feel the same way. Actually, it's one of the um, in the the vegan um, episode from Zoe Harkin, she flags up a an Australian athlete who is um, the poster girl of the vegan movement, and apparently she is like the best in Australia. But at the Olympics, she finished twenty fourth. So Zoe asked the question, what were the other 23 in front of her eating? <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. so that was a, a simple Zoe, Zoe comment. So, yeah, so that's fiber gone. And the other thing I really need to touch on is seed oils. Yeah. Like yourself, when I discovered about seed oils, I threw them out. I did not give them to the local charity or anything. They went straight in the bin. So now my frying is done in lard or what we call in this country beef dripping. I think tallow is the, yep. the, the other name for it. It's all done. And one thing which I do is I use I, I use it fairly sparingly, but when I fry my eggs, I usually have three eggs on ham, for example. Instead of taking the scooping the eggs out with a, a slice, I just pour pour the whole contents of the frying pan onto the plate. So I get all the liquid lard or liquid beef beef dripping as well, which adds flavour to the the, the oh, meal yeah. and, and also healthy I'm fat. Getting the, uh, healthy I'm getting the benefit fat. of it. Saturated fat, exactly right. Anyway, so to go back to where we were, right, so we'll Touch on mental health in a minute. Okay. But the the weight loss really has progressed since. So March 2022, 291 pounds. This morning I weighed in, in I weigh in every day. I'm a bit obsessive compulsive about it. And this morning I saw I saw a new low, 201 pounds. So I've lost nice. 90 pounds, 90 pounds in 18 months. And again, I'm far from being a perfect carnival. So right. yeah, uh, but it, but it's working for me. It's working for me. I don't know if you've seen Dr. Kenobi, Chris Kenobi's seed oil I'm video. Aware of, yeah, I'm aware of that, yeah. that one. Yeah, I've he, seen it. Yeah. After seeing that, I'm pretty much convinced that the the processed foods of sugar, refined wheat, seed oils, and uh, and uh, trans fats are the 99 percent of the problem. And if you just remove those from your diet, yeah, uh, you would be you'd be well on your way to a very healthy lifestyle. Now, carnivore just is. Uh, icing on the cake it it basically finishes it and gets you to the optimum not just being healthy but optimum fuel i think Ab absolutely i mean the because of because of the alcohol <laughs> and some of the 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 processed meat products i eat i'm not you know, i'm not in that optimal, oh. optimal space however as you can see from my yeah. my progress i'm i'm where i want to be and i'll be I'm, posting I'm those pictures when i edit this so they'll they'll That's see brilliant. the pictures okay. yeah yeah absolutely in fact so the the, the after picture was taken in June of this year, when I was 210 pounds, so I've lost a further nine pounds since, since yeah. the after picture was taken. So yeah, so 90, 90 pounds, 18 months, not perfect carnival. I'm happy with that, Larry. I'm happy with that. Oh yeah, you're uh, healthy. Yeah, I think probably if I if I sneak in a, a cheeky 36 hour fast next week, I reckon I can drop below 200, 200 pounds for the <laughs> for the first time. You know, for the first time, well, probably since I went up to. Himalayas in in the year two thousand, so twenty three years ago. Um, wow. High altitude, high altitude. I got down to about one hundred and ninety five pounds or thereabouts after spending three weeks in the Himalayas. So that was the last. I'm the time lowest I was weight. That way. Yeah. I'm the lowest weight I've been since the nineties. Uh, yeah, yeah. When I re came back in the military, I was two forty, and I'm at two thirty four right now. So lost forty six pounds. Yeah, Brilliant. I was at two eighty, and, yeah. and when I was at two eighty, I couldn't put. I had to sit down to tie my shoes. I couldn't literally tie my shoes you know my gut yeah, was too big yeah. terrible so uh yeah so the, this time last year as i said so you're six months in i was 291 to 238 so say 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 230 by september so yeah I, I lost about 60 pounds at that time yeah but i probably i probably because i'm five foot ten i probably had more more to actually lose than than you did when you saw so i think you were six two and a half six three or there yeah six two and a half yeah 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 so i probably had more so i was 60 pounds down you're 46 pounds down so i've added another third of that so if you add another third to yours you're probably looking at uh, at least 70 pounds by, you know, by the time you reach the 18 month point that yeah I, I think 225 225 is my playing weight, and I'd like to get back to that. If I get down to 225, so that's not even, you know, because uh, I've still got a lot of muscle too. And uh, yeah. I stayed in until 2019, so I was still 
in pretty good shape most of my life till I was 52, 53. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. So you're not far off target. You know, you're, you're on target and your goal is, yeah. is reachable now, which is good. Yeah, so that's pretty, for sure. You know, hopefully that, you know, you, people like you and I will be, what do you call it? Inspiration leaders by example for that's the idea for the people, for the people who are watching this. And we just got that, to get the message out there, Larry. There's, as, as you said on your, how to get into the fight video, we have very, very powerful forces aligned against us. Big pharma. Yeah big food, the medical industry, because the medical industry gets funded by big farmer, by big food. And even yep. the, uh, the diabetic associations removed that removed diabetes. You, you, you remove their reason for existence. They're out of business so, and the, and the heart exactly. association and yeah. these cancer organizations, you know, you start cutting down on cancer and heart attacks and diabetes and they're all going out of business. Yeah. That's absolutely. That's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's up to us, us YouTubers, um, to all band together. And let's yep. not um, let's not uh, go so cult carnival that we forget the low carb community as well. The people like Dr. David Unwin. We we should keto or yeah, we all sit, yeah, yeah, keto. We all sit we, or, or low carb high fat. <clears throat> I'm actually been in contact with a with a, a doctor called Campbell Murdoch. He's on the he's out there on the, the YouTube as well recently. He is a low carb doctor, but he's he doesn't again. He's he's worried about excluding people, so he's talking about. He talks about meta metabolic health recording regimes. He's, he, he wants to call it metabolic health nutrition because okay. he's afraid of scaring people away. You'll find Campbell Murdoch out there. He's done a couple of YouTubes. So, yeah, if you want to have a, a, have a look at him, he's a, a local doctor to me and okay. I've been in contact with him. So that's that's quite interesting. But he's from the low-carb low community. Right. Well, have you noticed any change of mental health? Since? Oh, yeah, crikey. You, you wouldn't believe it. When you don't feel good right. about yourself. I would, actually. Too... I would believe it. <laughs> Our yeah, viewers I, might I know, not believe I know you it. Would. Absolutely. But no, when you're feeling ill, when you've got skin problems, when you, can, when, you, when you feel ugly, when you can't do your shoelaces up, when you've got shooting pains going up through your thighs every time you put your foot down, when you can't really walk anymore, you don't feel good about yourself. However, as you get into ketosis stroke carnival, the weight comes off, you go back to the doctor and they tell you you haven't got type 2 diabetes anymore, they tell you the height, you, you're no longer heart attack weight didn't happen. What happens? Your mental health goes through, you know, basically you, you, your mood becomes buoyant. But not only that, it's, I used to be a real stressed person. Yeah. Even the little things would stress me, like driving, <laughs> oh God, that was an absolute nightmare. Yeah. But nowadays, I just take my time. I, I, I put on a bit of music and I'm not, I just don't stress like I used to. Nothing seems to phase me like like it like it used to. I've walked out of jobs, lost friendships, because I was my mental health was very, was very poor. And of course, all yeah. the time I was blame, I was blaming golf ball syndrome, but it wasn't. It was yeah. metabolic syndrome. And the two, if you look up the the symptoms of metabolic sorry golf ball syndrome, you will same. find that they are yeah. the same. They're the same as, uh, yeah. as metabolic syndrome. So yeah, so my mental health. I'm sleeping better when I had uh, no when I was at my worst. I my bladder was waking up every hour and a half every night so you can imagine that when when you're short of sleep that adds to your stress as well so that's yeah, my next question I mean, uh, yeah go on sleep. Go, go on that's fine yeah well i think yeah. i just answered it <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, I'm sleeping far better now because um my bladder doesn't wake me up every hour and a half anymore i still have to get up for the old man's old man's <clears throat> bathroom visit once a night but that's yeah, a lot too. different from four, four, four or five five times a night so i think that covers sleep yeah so i mean i tell people now that a lot of people focus on the weight loss because it's dramatic and it's quick and it's amazing. But there's another weight that weighs in on first responders and especially military veterans. And it's just uh, the unseen weight. And it's probably all civilians, but you know, we have a little more, I think just because our nature of our, our business. And when that weight comes off your shoulders, it's amazing. That's almost better than the weight loss. Weight loss is huge, but yeah, the weight loss is obviously good for your health, but I would say it's also kind of what's cosmetic. It's kind of a vanity thing. It's far yeah. more important what's going on in your body. You know, obviously the it's it is the the visual expression of of getting better health. And actually, another important thing to talk about weight loss is that it gets other people interested because people people don't notice that your triglycerides are low. They don't know they yeah. don't notice that you haven't got type two diabetes anymore. What they do <laughs> notice is the fact that you're disappearing before their eyes, and they're interested. Yeah. And they want to talk about it because a lot of people are, are slightly overweight, nothing like I was. But they, how did you do it? How did? Why did you do it? How did you do it? So yep. I've become a bit of a carnival bore in the pub, to be honest with you. My wife can't stand it because <laughs> she hears it all. She she hears it all the time. She 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 said you're part of a cult. 
And I say, no, we're not a cult, we're yeah. a community because we're a community of like-minded people. If we were a cult, then we'd all worship Dr. Anthony Chafee and we'd all be on the line yeah. diet. It's a not. brotherhood yeah. like the military. Exactly, yeah. It is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But don't, don't forget the sisters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, no, yeah. That's, I include sisters yeah. in that. I, Absolutely. Because sure. uh, we, we have to include Kelly because she's Kelly Hogan because she's one of the, one of the, the, the leading proponents <laughs> of, of, of Carnival. So, yeah. Yeah, so we're a sorority, fraternity, brotherhood, sisterhood. Community, yeah. I think, is the word which, which catches it. Yeah. Nicely. So, okay. Yeah, there we go. So, so let's go to motivation. How do you stay motivated to stay on this diet? It, isn't it hard? Don't you find it restrictive? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So people ask me, they say, what do you miss? I say, I miss ice cream. I miss chocolate. I miss cake. I miss cookies. I miss rice. Yeah. I miss spaghetti bolognese. Oh God, I love spaghetti bolognese. Hell, I love Marmite on toast. But, um, but then I, they go, well, how do you do it? And I say, well, what I don't miss is six and a half stone, as we call it in England, or you know, 90 yeah. pounds of extra fat. I don't miss feeling like shit every day. Yeah. That's like crap every it's day. It's okay. Yeah, okay, this is usually not the BBC, it's true. That's right, yeah. yeah. And I certainly don't miss being a heart attack waiting to happen, and I certainly don't miss having high triglycerides in my blood. And, yeah, so, yes, it, I think you've, you've touched on this. The, the carnival solution to type 2 diabetes is simple. It is so yeah. simple, it's unbelievable. But what it's not is easy because if you're right. addicted to carbohydrates, it's a bit like, you know, I've been able to give up carbohydrates mostly. But if you ask me to give up alcohol, that would be a step too far for me. So but <laughs> for many carb, carb addicts, it's already a step too far for them. You know, it's, they still they still carry on. They, they, they know about carnival. They want to have the success of carnival, but they love their carbohydrates. You know, it's like when we went out for lunch yesterday and everybody had the puddings, you know, creme brulees and the lemon meringue pies and that sort of thing. And I sat there with my black coffee, you know, but I, yeah, yeah I, I, I could easily have eaten that, but I didn't want to because it's just, it's just not worth it. And I don't, you know, I don't suffer the cravings anymore like I used to. Right. It's strange. I think the, 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 the palate or the tongue has about five different taste triggers, salt, sweet, sour, something else. I think there's five, but when you're a carb addict, all the time, it's you can taste the sweetness in your mouth. But now, if I get cravings, it's the salt part of my tongue, part of my palate, which, which triggers. I went, yep. I want salt. So the the pork scratchings, for example, or fried eggs, and I put extra salt on the fried eggs. That seems to satisfy my cravings now more than, you know, more than I had, I don't have any chocolate cravings anymore. Going through keto, I weaned myself off chocolate. I went through the eighty-five percent dark chocolate, eighty-five percent cocoa dark chocolate. Not anymore. Yeah. I, I just, I just don't need it anymore. Larry. It's as simple as that. But I am actually quite glad that. And again, if we've got any new people who are just interested, just starting out, then there's nothing wrong with doing what I did, which is go, which yeah. is weaning yourself through keto, and gradually eliminating stuff until you get to carnival. Because remember, when I reversed type two diabetes, I'd never even heard of, car, uh, of carnival. I'd only right. heard of ketosis. So don't. So so anybody who wants to, to become a carnival, don't be afraid to go through ketosis first. Just count the carbs, gradually eliminate the, the, the bad stuff. Obviously, immediately eliminate the sugars, as in the, the, yeah. the, the, what we went through earlier, the, the C's and the P's, as, as I called. But uh, if you want to carry on with a, a little bit of fruit, vegetables, etc., etc., et it works for me. So Yeah, stick to uh, whole foods. Eliminate yeah, exactly. the processed yeah, foods. Exactly, and that's really yeah. 90% of it. Absolutely. And bring yourself through ketosis to carnival. If you try and jump yeah. into carnival straight away, you might suffer what is it, the explosive diarrhea, which I think Joe Rogan talked about. I did, uh, and all those, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, you see, I, you see, I never did because I, 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 I graduated onto carnival rather than jumping, mm -hmm. rather than rather than jumping straight in. And like I said, I'm far from a perfect carnival now. I don't know if we can go through what I eat, but we can do. And I, I you know, if people want to know the details of my, my diet, then uh, we, we we can do that. I've got a show and tell here if, if you want, nice. if you want to do that. <laughs> You're prepared, yeah. I like it. I mean, I, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think the, the, for me, and because I'd done keto before and I'd cycled on and off that during my military career to get ready for my record physical tests and such, you know, to make sure I was trim and, do, and performing the best. But I knew that every time I did keto, I always planned to stay on it forever, but then I always fell off because I introduced keto foods that triggered me because they're called keto or, you know, they'd have, they were processed foods and they were just called keto. And I, and after a while I realized, so when I did this, I realized that I wasn't going to be able to reintroduce things like that. I'm just going to, for me, I'm going to have to stay strict, which is fine because I don't miss it at all anymore. Absolutely. It's great. So like I said, you have to, it's self-discovery too. So, you know, so for some people going weaning off, I've heard people that just switch uh, meals out. They first, they get rid of 
all the processed foods, go to Whole Foods, and then like maybe have breakfast just be all carnivore, right? It's just meat and eggs, and then breakfast and lunch all carnivore, and then breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and kind of progress that way, and slowly change that gut microbiome over. <clears throat> For me, it was it was murder. I just murdered the old gut microbiome and brought in all the <laughs> all the meats and just <clears throat> suffered through it. But it was oh, worth it because I was done in two weeks, right? And in two weeks, I was 100%. I was like, all right, I'm back. And my energy started to come back quick. So it just depends on what you want to do. And you have to know your body. If you don't know your body, you can try one way. If you find yourself failing too much, go the other way. You know, go burn yeah. your ships like Cortez did and go Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. That's interesting you say that you're back because it reminds me, I was working with a fellow veteran um, in 2022 before... Uh, you know, when I was up to 290 pounds or whatever it was. Um, and I saw him for the first time the other day. And the first words he said to me was, you're back. He looked yeah. at me, he looked at the new me, he said, you're back. You're <laughs> so back. You're back like yeah, you were, yeah. right? Exactly. That's right. Yeah. So that's quite a good say. Yeah, I'm back. I, I, you know, when it comes to my mental health. Yeah, my physical health. I'm back. Uh, right? Same I think you. that's, yeah, that's a huge deal because well, also the mental health things like now I look forward to my future and I look forward to it. I'm just like, I'm not just living days out. I'm planning. I'm like, man, this is a great life going forward. From this point forward, it's looking amazing to me. And when I was six months ago, before I started this, I was not looking forward to anything. I was just surviving day to day. I was kind of existing. And now I'm not no longer existing. I'm planning. I'm driving. I'm going forward. And it's night and day for me. Yeah. Again, the when I was worried about golf ball syndrome, I thought that I didn't have a future really, and I was really I was trying right. to get a diagnosis because I I, I still got a mortgage on the house. So I still want to pay yeah. that. And I was really worried that I, I was soon going to be unable to work. But now I am fully able to work again. I can't do heavy lifting because yeah. of the hernia, but traffic management doesn't involve heavy lifting. But I can walk around site now easily. At the moment, I have to, to manage two sets of incoming lorries trucks, with, which are delivering stone. And they're about a quarter of a mile apart. So I've got to keep fleeing in between. So I've got to walk a quarter of a mile there, a quarter of a mile back. So I'm probably doing about steps five, in. Six, six. Yeah, I'm yeah. getting my steps in every day. There's no question about it. Uh, That's awesome. Back back in March 2022, I would not have been able to do, but I can do. I can do now. Yeah, my knees are still a bit stiff, but that's, that's probably yeah. uh, what, what you call vet bod, you know, which is over yeah, the vet bod. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, I got the, some the, of that. Yeah, but the, everything else in my body has come back apart from my knees, but they're nothing like as bad as they were uh, 18 months ago. I can. Hey, why don't you I, go I, through and show me some of your food? Okay, so right. Let's do yeah, show right, and tell. So, yeah, we show and sell. So, th right, this is Monday to Friday, okay? This is what I take to work. I work Monday to Friday in construction. The weekends, things vary up a, a, a little bit. But Monday to Friday, I, I've, I'm in what you call a routine, my, my system. So, the first thing is, right, I've just been to Aldi this morning, so I've, I've, got, I've got everything fresh and ready to show and sell. Okay. So, the first thing that my go-to for, I have one of these every day at work, Monday to Friday. So, Fresh there's five, yeah. five or six chicken thighs in there, pre-cooked. So I don't have to bother with, I can, I can either microwave them work, have them hot, or I can eat them cold. Secondly, well, we'll go to everybody's go-to standard, which is eggs, basically. I mean, oh, I don't yeah. really need to show you the below the Aldi eggs. Right. So on a Sunday, and I will be doing this a bit later on, I hard boil 15 eggs. So that's three a day, Monday to Friday. The, the, my method of doing that is putting them in cold water, bring them to a rolling boil for one minute, switching the heat off, and then leaving them overnight to cool down. And then you get the perfect wife on the perfect hardboard egg. Just a little tip for the listeners there. Nice. Now, the next one is not everybody's cup of tea, but it is very much mine, and it's vitally important in my view. I have here smoked mackerel fillets. Okay. okay. They're low carb and absolutely full of omega 3. Omega yeah. 3 being the, the really good polyunsaturated fatty acid. Now, there's a packet of four there, so I have, I have two of those every day with my lunch. The other thing I should explain is that I, is that I, eat, I tend to eat in the mornings at work, so I okay. eat between about 8 o'clock in the morning and 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Also at work, I have, so we've got eggs, chicken, right. These, this is the most controversial. This is a bit naughty, and I'm sure some of our purists will not like me for doing this. These are called frikadellen. These, they're, they're frikadellen. They're German meatballs. Now oh. these are 81 percent fat uh, pork. Eighty-one percent pork, and again, my notes they contain twenty-one grams of fat for each one of those. So I have one of those. Wow. But there are some naughties in there as well. For example, there's six percent onion, five percent breadcrumbs, and there's a bit of canola oil in there as well. But on balance, you know, 
I've already eaten the omega-3 with the, the smoked mackerel. So that little bit of omega-6, you know, I don't think it's going to uh, do too much damage because my uh, omega-3 to omega-6 ratio is going to be very, very good. And yeah, they're satisfying. 81% pork, 21 grams of fat. So I just ignore the, the few naughties that, that are in there. And I eat I some said, processed like, meats too. Yeah, I eat beef exactly sticks that are organic, yeah. 100% uh, grass-fed, yeah. grass-finished, but they do have some bad yeah, stuff in exactly. it. So yeah, you have to. Exactly right. And then basically that's why he's at work. If I'm hungry in the evenings, my go-to is good old Audi cooked ham trimmings. Okay. So what I do then is if I'm hungry, I, I might just have a literally a couple of slices straight out of the fridge. If I actually feel like I want a meal, I will have I will lay out the few ham slices on, on a plate, fry off three eggs uh, or scramble three eggs and have those over, over the top of those. So that will be my, my evening meal. So Monday to Friday, that is pretty much all I eat, apart from maybe the occasional packet of pork scratchings. That's if I get home in the evening, I'm really not hungry, but I fancy something salty, then I'll have a packet of pork scratchings. So that's my Monday to Friday. At the nice. weekends, the weekend I've got a bit more time, so I'll fry some bacon for breakfast, for example, with scrambled eggs. Might put a sausage on there. And then Saturday afternoon in the summer, we often have a barbecue, which I think we talked about. So that's when the beef uh, <laughs> kicks in, the pork and the lamb kicks in. Yeah. And I usually allow myself up to half an, half a raw onion because I do like the flavour of raw onion. As we know, raw onion is, is very low carb anyway. Right. It's not, not particularly high in fibre. And then on a Sunday, again, I'll have a, a fried, fried breakfast, as in bacon and eggs. And in the afternoons, myself and my wife, Lainey, will have a special cut of meat. So it might be beef, might be lamb, might be a duck. Yeah. I think this afternoon we've got pork chops. Premium meat. Premium meat. That, yeah, yeah. Sundays, is my, Sundays is my premium meat day. Yeah. Although, of course, sometimes that will actually go back in the fridge. So I, I will have some premium meats to take on a, a Monday and Tuesday to work. So that's my that's my week. Monday Monday to Friday, I'm carnival, pure well, not exactly pure carnival because I eat processed meat, but I'm right. pretty much completely carnival. The the other thing to touch on is social events. Now, I'm very mindful of where I go. There is a brilliant pub up the road called the Malt Shovel, which serves uh, nothing but a kilogram of chicken wings. So that's a perfect carnival solution. And when yeah. I go to the local Turkish restaurant, I order off the starter menu. So I order two or three meat starters. And that comes with a little bit of salad garnish, which I just polish up because it's just tiny yeah. and I don't want to be rude and set and send it back. And it, again, it has no, <laughs> has no deleterious effect. So that's no problem. Right. And I think we touched on the subject of Christmas. Now I'm going to a friend's house this year and they know that I'm carnival now. So they, they will only be serving me the turkey. They will, they will not tempt me with the roast potatoes or would be tempted anyway. But I think I mentioned yeah. to you something called pigs in blankets. Oh yeah. I, I have pigs in blankets. Yeah. yeah. You do. Is it a thing in the States? Yeah, where you get a pastry and roll it around a little hot dog or a little uh, sausage. No, it's, it's the... not a pastry. No, it's not a pastry. Uh, That's a sausage roll in this country. Okay, so I've got. Okay, what's pigs and blanket there? Pigs and blankets. So I've got. I don't know if you can. You probably. Oh, see bacon. That. Bacon wrapped around a sausage. Exactly. Yeah. That's better so, than ours. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, I can. Rec- so if you uh, if, if you want to bring pigs and blankets stateside, and maybe you and I can go into business yeah. together, and we can uh, <laughs> and, and we and, and, and we can get it going. Yeah. So this year that. Our hostess Annie has said, "Yeah, you'll be getting the turkey, and you'll be getting a double portion of pigs in blankets with the gravy." So that's that's um, awesome. Ha- that's how I'm dealing with the the social side of things. But um, see, the fact that the- you're planning ahead that is a huge deal, and a lot of people just let life happen. They just show up hungry, and then they fail because they didn't, you know, plan yeah, ahead absolutely. before that. And also, my, my wife Lainey is doing the starter this year. She's doing prawn cocktail, but I'm just going to have prawns <laughs> with a uh, a bit of salt and vinegar uh, on them. So without yeah, the, good. The, the cocktail salt. And then I think Glenn's doing the, Glenn, my buddy, who I told you about yesterday, I think he's doing the dessert. But I, I said, I will take a cheese ball. So I'll be taking some cheddar, some Silton, and some French um, cheeses. It's, it's low carb, basically. Um, yeah. yeah every, uh, I do eat cheese at the weekend because every Sunday after this, I'll be going out to meet my friends at the pub. And Mike, our landlord, always puts a bit of Stilton and a bit of cheddar out on, out on the bar. And I, I don't mind eating that because, again, it's low carb, it's dairy. It kind yeah. of fits into the carnival, so. No I do some cheese. I mean, I, last night I made ice cream. My sister and brother-in-law came over, and I made some ice cream with egg yolk and heavy whipping cream in my ice cream machine, and just a little bit of vanilla, no sweetener, and it was great. I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. you know, once you've been yeah. off sugars for a long time, that's sweet enough, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just a quick point for our, our UK listeners. Heavy whipping cream translates to double cream in this country. <laughs> 
So, yeah. so yeah. So, uh, any UK, any, any UK. Yeah, I'm, I'm having to do. I do, as you know, it's in my emails here. I do I a, little bit, you. a little bit Conversion. of translation for. Well, you're, yeah, a, you're right. a. I could tell you're an Intel guy because you're very detailed on that, which is good. Uh, yeah, I worked in the skiff a little bit too. I mean, I, I was a signal guy, but I did work with our Intel a lot. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we have a we have a saying in the British Army: attention to detail. Uh, yep, so, we have the same in ours. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. last question we got. I want to give you the floor. What would you recommend? Well, would you recommend the carnivore diet due to 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 other military veterans or first responders? And if so, what advice would you give them on starting? Well, firstly, definitely, I would I would recommend it. And I think you know, the, just this conversation, we've actually covered that because I, I've explained in detail how in eighteen months I went through knowing nothing. And then stumbling my way in the dark with a few help, helping hands from people like Max and Kathy Moran and Healthline, they 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 did some good keto stuff. And I think, to be honest with you, Larry, rather than trying to jump in head first, feet first into carnival, I think I was quite lucky not to hear about carnival until August of last year, because it meant that I kind of went through an elimination phase of ketosis. So I think I was much more mentally and physically prepared for carnival when it came. And what I would have been had I thought, oh, yeah, carnival, I'm just going to jump straight into that. Because, yeah. you know, I went through the phase of eating 85% chocolate. I went through avocados, asparagus, olives, and all of those, all of those sort of stuff. So I gradually, I, I literally weaned myself off, off carbohydrates until eventually, I'll say Christmas Day last year, I realized I didn't, I didn't, don't think I made a conscious decision to go, I'm now carnival. I just suddenly <laughs> realized, I, suddenly, I, can't, I suddenly kind of realized I was a carnival rather than actually deliberately making that that decision i cannot like you do right that was day one of carnival but i think i can probably i can probably date my carnival experience back nine months now back to christmas day of, of 2022 so my recommendation is if you want if you want to follow the chief here jump in with both feet do so but if you want to follow me and gradually wean yourself off get your change your mindset oh that's the other thing i had to completely change my mindset i had to yeah. unlearn everything all the crap that we've been taught about fiber about carbohydrates, cholesterol, cholesterol everything else. Yeah. And that took time because I kept on, you know, subconsciously, I kept on thinking, oh, yeah, greens are good for you. Yeah, carbohydrates, you know, we're supposed to be carb. But it took me a little time to, to change my mindset, but my, my mindset is completely 100% changed now. And, yeah. yeah, so it does take time to ch change your mindset. Yeah, so my advice would be do it your way. If you want to follow Chief Larry here, jump in. If you want to follow me, do it slowly. But you, you've got to realize that you will, your subconscious, your mindset, what you've been taught will try and slow you down. There's no question about that. you just got to overcome that. I've succeeded. I've succeeded. Here I am, 90 pounds down what I was in, in, in March of last year. And that was a slow, pro, well, a slow process in terms of going uh, through ketosis to carnival. So, yeah, I would say to anybody out there, veterans, first responders, or any of our civilian brothers and sisters, yeah, just do it and watch the chief's resilience pro things don't be afraid when you fall off the horse it's not right yeah you know, it's it's not the end of the world if you have if, it's an opportunity if, yeah exactly that's right yeah it's you know if if you feel it's socially obliged to eat cake on your birthday for example and, and you're gonna upset somebody so you do it don't beat yourself up about it do not beat yourself up about it just think okay i did that as a favor to somebody else but tomorrow i'm back on my own pro i'm back on program as simple right. as that and again the other thing i want to talk about is the alcohol do not beat yourself up about alcohol. As long as you don't, you're not drinking JD and Coke. As long as you're not drinking the sweet mixers. If you're drinking low carb beers, I think I think America's got quite a few of the the, the lower lower alcohol yeah. low carb beers. I don't see and, the point, but yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I know what you mean. Yeah. The Carling is a 3.7 percent lager here in the UK, but it is the lowest of the, of the carbs. And again, if you're choosing wine, stay away from the sweet wines. I can recommend the grape Sauvignon Blanc as a, a dry white wine and Pinot Noir as a yeah. red, dry, dry red wine. Too. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so please, folks, if you, if you do enjoy social life, if your social life depends on having a drink with friends, do not beat yourself up about it. Look at me. I've, I've achieved yeah. it whilst, while still carrying on with the, the good old British tradition of going down the pub. And I'll, I'll be going down <laughs> the pub very, very shortly after this, Larry. So it's now, hey, it's now 20 past 12 of my time. Throw one back uh, for me with your buddies here. Yeah, well, it's it's five o'clock somewhere, and it's five o'clock your yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's coming at six twenty-two a.m. right now, and I oh, have right, actually yeah. a maintenance window I have to do at eight. But yeah, George, man, it's been so good talking to you. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day, 
and joining me on this first episode of Mission Carnivore. So you're the inaugural Mission yeah, Carnivore. Yeah, sorry. Uh, somebody I want to somebody I want, I want to say my introduction. I am so proud that I am the the, the first one to be on, on Mission Carnivore. You know, great, I, I just got I discovered you from from day one, and as you know, yeah. I was commenting you. By the way, my I am known as Cor- Corporal G R F D, which is Corporal. Corporal good enough reporting for duty chief. So if yep. you see that, if you see that on on Larry's comments, Corporal G RFD chief, that is me. That is me reporting for duty basically. And yeah. I, I try and I try and find something fairly useful <laughs> to say on mo- most things. I must admit I couldn't find anything on the dog food one because I don't have a dog. But I, when when I find anything about veterans and my experiences there, I try and keep something funny as well. Yeah, that's me basically. You did a good I'm, job. I'm, I'm very proud very proud to be part of your platoon. But I noticed this morning we're up to 2.07k, so yes. that's 2,000. So yeah, I mean that's not the a lot of platoon growing. anymore, Larry. It's a big. You're, yeah. you're 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 now a regimental sergeant major. Yeah. Not a, <laughs> not, we're getting not a big a, formation. Yeah, we certainly are. And <laughs> so once you once you reach three 3k, we're going to hit brigade level. So and, there you, you know, go. And then, and, and then we we go up to division. Go to division. That's right. Absolutely. That's where yeah. I ended so, my career. Yeah. yeah. So we're we're chasing brigade at the moment. So the, the rate you're growing. You should hit that, I think. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it's it's really just about growing so that we can be found by people. And that's, you know, by our brothers and sisters out there so they can find this and hopefully connect with us in a way that's meaningful. Absolutely, and... yeah. So anyway, that's all I got. Stay on for a minute after I log off so we can talk. And I'm just going to end the recording here. So I got one thing to say to you guys. Stay strong and overcome. Carnivore Soldier, out.